Welcome to Australian Design Radio to provide Australia and the world with conversations and commentary on Australian design. I'm Flynn Tracy and filling in for Matt Leach is Tina Victoria Afshar. Yes. Yes. Perfect. Did you see how I sneakily asked you to say thanks for coming? Thanks for coming. Hello. Oh, thanks for having me. This is fun. We're in your hometown um, and our guest's hometown. So we're actually in Melbourne and this is probably. The most spontaneous ADR podcast we've done in quite a long time. I'm really excited about it. Uh, we, I actually saw you in Sydney mm-hmm. almost exactly 24, 24 hours, hours ago. Yeah. Um, and you were doing an AGDA talk. So well, you were moderating a talk um, with some guy called Chris Doyle. Who is that? I don't know. Some, he always comes to these events. You know, he was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, really, really nice guy. Um, and Angie McCarthy yeah. as well. A total legend. Yeah, which yeah. was really great. And um, you did such a great job. Boom, second gig. Oh, God. <laughs> just booking these like crazy. <laughs> um, so thanks thanks for coming along. But yeah, who, who do we have here? Well, uh, who, who do we have? No, we've got Jack Mussett. <laughs> Jack is a creative director or one of the creative directors. What are you? Are you a creative director of Motherbird? Look, I do everything. I get, I get the coffees as well. Um, I'm a cleaner. <laughs> yeah. um, but basically, you've got a studio in Melbourne. You guys have been friends since high school, and then you went to university together. And now you've got a studio called Motherbird on Flinders Lane in Melbourne. Correct. Um, and you've been doing it for eight years, nine years? Nine years. Nine years. Yep. Yeah. Time flies, huh? Time does fly. <laughs> Do you feel older, wiser? Older? Probably not, not, not a whole wiser. lot wiser, I don't think. No. No. Funnier, wittier? Yeah, a little bit of that. Yeah. I think um, cynicism begins to kick in. And, Uh-oh. Already? Yeah. 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 I think We're just a generation <laughs> of like aging people really fast, right? We're all like 80-year-old grumpy people walking along pretty the street. Pretty much, yeah. But Those I- kids off the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like Jack came out of the womb pretty cynicism. Pretty cynicism. Yeah. You know, like you feel like you, you've always been quite... Yeah, I own that. Know. Yeah, I, th- I think it's, it's probably... It's just yeah. getting worse. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Yeah. So, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. But it's great. Yeah. So, um, I'm in Melbourne. Uh, well, we're all in Melbourne, um, <laughs> but I'm also not from Melbourne. Um, just here for a little bit of work. So, it's it's just super cool. We're hanging out. We're at the o- Olsen Hotel. Mm. I don't know if this means anything, but I'm just going <laughs> to give them a bit of a shout out because I was, I was telling Jack and Tina before, this is like one of the nicest hotels in terms of stuff I've ever stayed in before. Mm. So, they're not sponsoring the show. Streamtime's sponsoring this show, but I'm going to give it Olsen a shout out. They deserve it. They've- awesome they're so nice like these little handmade letters and everything anyway. you're gonna send this to them and get some free accommodation <laughs> are you i am yeah i want some of that more i want some more of that wine they gave me for free that was awesome um but no we're here here to talk to jack we want to talk about let, let's talk about motherbird at the moment like a snapshot what's the day in the life at motherbird right now and sort of what sort of stuff are you working on yeah look it really it varies from day to day running your own business you're you're doing all sorts of things you're doing the accounting one day you're trying to find clients the next day, and um, and then other days you're playing creative director. So, at the moment, we just finished the Melbourne Jazz Fest, which was a really exciting project for us. Um, it was a lot of fun. A really terrific client that trusted us a lot, um, which was uh, not unusual, but uh, we had a huge amount of trust, which was fantastic. Um, currently working on a few small brands, um, a major website for. World Cancer Day, which is quite exciting, uh, and am- amongst a few other things. Yeah, cool. Um, so you you mentioned that the jazz festival people trusted you. Yep. Where, where does that come from? Are they a brand new client or? Yeah, brand new client. So just um, jazz people. They're kind of like 
it's what you don't design that's important. It's yeah. A jazz, that's a jazz joke. Yeah. <laughs> I'm laughing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess um it was it was an interesting process because it was said at the start, you know, you can you can do whatever you want. Um we we trust you. And you do hear that a lot. Mm. When someone says, you know, do whatever you want, and then you do do whatever you but want, that's often so terrifying, right? Like, don't we want to? Don't you want a box to play in? Like, I often want like to know. I mean, I'll play with Lego, but you know, I want to know it's Lego. Yeah, it for some projects it can be daunting, but for others it's really exciting right. to to get something that's sort of completely open. Mm. Obviously, we worked within, um, you know, the research that they'd done and what and what we'd done to make sure that it. It would hit the the target market and be something that was a a successful piece of design, but um, at the same time we wanted to push it a little bit as well. Um, so they said that at the start, and then we were like, okay, whatever. Like you know, everyone says that, mm. but turned out they actually did trust us. Um, they actually meant it. Yeah, they actually meant it. They were genuine wow. shit. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, you you don't often get that. Yeah, usually you get that. You can do whatever you want, and then later it's like, oh, purple. It's like that meme that's like. Feel free to be creative, and then you were creative, and they're like, "Oh d- no, no, don't be that creative." Yeah, like, whoa, 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 yeah. whoa, whoa, yeah, calm yourself. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, we've got another brief that came in yesterday that is do whatever you want as well mm. around the theme of what is it, cosmic disco, which is pretty cool. Is that a, a music genre or someone's name? Because I want to meet that person. <laughs> That's or listen to the music. Well, that's the the theme, right? But it's for um, it's for wine, so oh, cool. Ah, it's quite so different. Did that come from the other wine job that you just did? Yeah. And like they spoke to each other, and you got business off them. No, it's the same client. Oh, it's the same client. Yep. Oh, that's cool. That's a cool name for wine. No, that's not the name of the wine. That's like, like the theme for oh, so what we're producing. Okay. So it's like a territory, like it's oh. like an area yeah. you're exploring. Yeah. Oh, it's cool. quite I've never been given a brief like cosmic disco it's pretty cool that's pretty that's pretty wild that mm. is. did that come from the client or is that something you guys came up with that came from them from the client yep wow I wonder like what boardroom meeting they were in they were like what theme should we choose I'm like, not sure one people are in boardroom meetings <laughs> 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 that's the one perk of working on a wine job you do get given wine you do get given the fantastic. wine yeah because yeah. that must be part of your research process right yeah well you have to consume yeah Mm. you know copious amounts to understand you have to research the the effect that the design (laughs) needs to have as well yeah like after your third bottle you'll absolutely love this wine that we've created i find that's true for most. maybe there should be a wine called third bottle in and it it only tastes good you know after the third bottle (laughs) (laughs) don't need to advertise that you can taste it you feel it the next day that's for sure um so three people in the studio Oh yeah, back to the studio. Back to the yep. studio. Yeah, yeah. Because we're gonna we'll get stuck into a couple of those projects. But really interested in how you, Tina and I were talking about it before, mm. like how you guys work together. You've known each other. You guys are friends. It's like an episode of friends. It like, literally is. You know, like what what you know something that Tina and I were talking about is what happens if you have have a fight. Is it two versus one? Most decisions get resolved with the majority. Um, so right. if there if there is a and most of the conflicts will come in. I like this concept, mm. and someone else will like something else if if one person is so gung-ho on something then the others will consider it and it may get included in Mm. but um more often than not you just get outvoted and i think we've all learned to accept that and being or being such close friends and having known each other for so long we can be quite honest and brutal with each other as well yeah which 
does come in handy. I mean, I haven't worked in another studio. I've, I've worked in one during my uni days, but um, I'm not quite sure how honest people are to other people in mm. their in their design studio. So I don't know how that works, but we're pretty damn honest with each other. If if we don't like something, we'll tell you mm. know we'll tell each other, and that's really good during the creative process as well because no idea is stupid, so you don't feel like you're going in with oh, I don't know if anyone's going to like this idea or or have reservations about what you're producing. It's like if it's horrible, it doesn't matter. It's the start of a conversation. So question, you all do different jobs as well, right? Like Chris and Dan are the other two people at Motherbird. Yep. And Chris is managing director and Dan is design director. Does that mean that at any point you've been creative director, you can outrule Dan and say you're just the design director and have like any type of authority? Not that you would ever say you're just a design director, but like could you – do you have any hierarchy within those three roles? Not particularly. It's more so – we can have some clarity around what what we do and what our roles are, but also for the outside world to understand how we work. But if if Chris has managing director, that doesn't mean he's got any less um, opinion in the design because we're all qualified designers. We've all gone through the same mm. process. It's more so who's gravitated towards certain roles as well. Mm. So... Um, obviously when you start a studio, you have to do the accounting, you have to do all sorts of things, like I said before, the cleaning. So I'd probably be the, you know, head cleaner, <laughs> but, um, each, each person has gravitated towards certain roles, which means that for the outside world, they understand how we work internally, but we'll break those rules internally as well. Mm. Right. Yeah. And it makes, it makes sense for clients and everything like that. It's like, well, you're speaking to the managing director, you know, yeah. you're speaking to the creative director and, and mm. to break it up because it is the language that every, that so many other people use. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. We, we don't feel like that's a hierarchy in yeah. any sense. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. That's, mm. it's more for the outside world to see how they might deal with us, I guess. And, um, have you ever taken on like juniors and thinking, oh, is this going to be the fourth bird? <laughs> any any thoughts on any of the birds leading leading or the nest? Even actual birds, like girls. We well, we did have an employee about four years ago um, no. who was absolutely fantastic. We probably hired for the wrong position at the time. We perhaps needed an account director mm. or someone dealing with with accounts as opposed to to design. Um, definitely. If we were to extend it, gender balance is really important to us as well. I think that that adds something new to the studio, especially three guys in there. Um, in terms of scaling, we we went through a process about three years ago with um, a bit of a business coach to to see how we might evolve the business and potentially get it to eight to 11 people over a three-year period. We didn't really follow through with any of that stuff because time just sort of ticks by and you it does yeah you, you forget about it and, and everything was working quite well as three people um, we we're managing the workload and um, and also finding interesting work as well I think one thing that we don't want to lose is any creative control or at mm. least the ability to be nimble and work on interesting pieces mm. so we still work on quite big projects for a small team and we'd bring in freelancers to you know, fill that gap if, if need be. And that, I mean, that seems to be a kind of a big, big direction that the industry is going, right? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a contractor now these days and I'm thinking, oh, like, how would I ever do anything else? Like, I mean, for me, it's just, there's, there's so much opportunity out there to, to kind of plug into a project for a while and then 
jump back out and fill certain roles and all that sort of stuff and not be on anyone's payroll. It's a negotiation. It's a new conversation every time. It's like, great. So you're doing this, 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 and this. It's like, yes, great. You you're own a free that. Bird. And then, and then <laughs> you're a free bird. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I think a lot of clients are looking for specialists and experts in areas rather than one-stop shops as well. Right. And specialists are often smaller teams. Yeah. So we'll find that we'll collaborate with, you know, strategy teams and, um, you know, digital teams rather than doing it under all under the one roof. We're, we're really transparent with our clients about that as well. Yeah. We don't say that we do everything in-house um, because I've seen that happen and people struggle to explain certain roles that they actually haven't done yeah. Um, in, yeah. in a meeting and it gets quite awkward. Yeah, I've heard some stories of people in like co-share spaces and they're like, so this is my team. Uh, everyone just pretend you're part of my team <laughs> yep. and everyone stand up for the team photo and that photo ends up going on the website and I'm like, that person's a freelancer. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it, but, but yeah, it is, it is interesting times. We want to talk a little bit about kind of the, the relationships between, between you guys, like not going in anything, anything secretive or anything like that, but also like mental health around working. Um, I don't know about you, but like a lot of people that we do talk to live and breathe design and and artistic stuff and you know we're we're facebook friends um yep. follow you been following you for a long time and you talk a lot about feelings and um, your personal perspective you do a lot of personal projects what did you call him before oh the master of side projects master of side projects right. which is i gotta say a little bit cooler than creative director like that, <laughs> yeah. that's what you need on your business Take it, card run with yeah it. <laughs> so maybe just back to, sorry i asked like three questions there but um back to kind of like the the, the work-life balance. How do you find the work-life balance with, you know, working with friends um, and then, you know, I'm assuming hanging out with them as well on the weekends, you know? Yeah, it's, it's I think work-life balance for me is a, I think it's a bit of a dangerous term because I think in the day and age of everyone meditating and doing yoga, obviously to, you know, alleviate that stress, then they end up working longer and then they offset it by meditating and then you have to meditate more because you're working longer and it just ends up filling up your entire life to just, you miss out on just doing nothing sometimes and just, you know, letting your, letting your brain just think totally. things over and going for a walk or just relaxing and just doing fuck all, really. Yeah. We're so busy doing stuff these days. I mean, parents are scheduling their kids in for things. They've got these diaries you know, ridiculous schedules for their kids. And they're like, four, like, let them go and play in the mud. Don't mm. book them in for all of these tasks and things. Mm. Um, so, you know, I find it pretty important to not spend a ridiculous amount of time in the studio. Um, we try and keep pretty sane hours. So we're never there past six most nights, it'd be nine till six. And if there's a project that requires it, then sure, we'll stick around, but we don't make a habit of it. We don't stick around every night and wear this feather, in, you know, feather in our cap saying mm. we work late hours, therefore and we work harder. Yeah, yeah, because you see that a lot in the, in, in the industry and people just drained and they're like, I've got to stick around because they're sticking around and they're mm. like, I've got to stick around because they're sticking around. Yeah. And they're all there till like 12 at night. And you're like, what are you doing? Like, why are you working so long? Like, some of the Nordic countries, have they implemented like a three-day, three or four-day working Week. Have they? Oh my god, because that sounds amazing. There's a lot of research to suggest that you you're far more productive in a shorter period of time. Because how many, how much of the time do you sit around and sometimes you're not doing anything? And if you compact that all into a short, intense period, yeah, I reckon you're a whole lot more 
productive. I strongly agree. Um, I've worked in lots of different places in lots of different capacities recently. And um, yeah, it's, it's amazing how differently people work. So whatever we talk about, whatever the terms we use might mean something to mm. one person is totally different to somebody else. And the idea of work-life balance and, you know, what reasonable hours are and everything is also incredibly subjective. Um, but yeah, I've, I've definitely worked in places where it's feather in the cap. It's like, wow. Like you can feel the eyes on your back when mm. you, um, when you walk out of like a really busy studio like that. And it's like, I'm going to a client meeting. And you always feel the need to say, I'm just off to a client meeting. Yeah, I'll yeah. be back. Like, I'm available really on my phone. Quick. I'll be on emails. And everyone's like yeah. eating, you know, eating, eating lunch at their desk. And, yeah. um, but yeah, it's an interesting, interesting level. It's quite nice. Um, I think in regards, sometimes clients demand this of, of people. Um, and do you think it's because you guys have never done it that your clients don't expect you to do that? Like, you know, come in at four o'clock on a Friday and say, hey, we need this on Monday, knowing full well it's going to take the three of you a couple, like at least six There will be cases where that happens, yeah. where you, you do have to accommodate um, specific projects and they're usually for longer-term clients that we, we've worked with for a while and, mm. and they understand how we work, but there might be a project where it needs multiple people on it for you know, to be done in a really short period of time. So we've got to work those extra hours and then that gets done. We do what we have to do to get it done, but you have to set boundaries and set expectations. I think early in our career, we over-delivered a lot of the times, hmm. a lot of the time. And for specific clients, they just think that's normal practice yeah. and they get used to, I need that tomorrow. And then you're like, well, we're actually busy now. Last time we did that, we weren't busy. Oh man, I've, been that. I've, yeah, I've done that. Everyone, everyone's yeah. done that. Yeah, um, yeah. So actually at my first job when I was at uni, I remember finishing work and then like finishing a piece of work and then the creative director wouldn't send it off until the end of the day. And I'm like, what are you doing? It's done. And then once you have been bitten like that, you realize, yeah, if you set the expectation as it's, you've turned it around so quickly, then yeah, that's always what it is. Yeah. I'm mm. guilty of that. I have, I've built a website in a day and sent it at the end of the week. <laughs> Yeah, it's so clever though. Well, because otherwise they're like, "Well, that's all it takes." Yeah. You, and it's like, "Yeah, but I had to do it overnight, and you know, I had the content in this case, or it was very similar to this one, and you mm. don't want it to be, oh wow, that's the norm." Because the last website I did for you, I did in a week, and it probably should have taken three. Yeah, mm. you know, so yeah, you kind of have to pull the strings a little bit there, I think. So, Jack, with the whole work-life balance thing, obviously you guys are so busy constantly, and you are the master of side projects. Is that what you do to de-stress or is that what you do because you're not getting creative outlet that you want from work? Where do these side projects come from? I'm not quite sure. It, it, I think it's some sort of creative outlet, I suppose. Um, that doesn't mean I'm not getting that in work because actually some of the side projects I've started to incorporate into, into work. So things that I do on the side um, have managed to work their way into our actual projects, which is really nice as well. So it's just a way of experimenting outside, outside working hours. And it does, yeah, it makes, I don't do it for, or do any of that work for monetary gain or anything like mm. that. Um, it's more to just de-stress, I guess, in a way. De-stress. So yeah. follow-up question. Yep. So me and Flynn were talking about this. We're on your Instagram before. We are having a bit of a stalk. And um, those projects that you did with the projections on the walls with the words and yep. those phrases that you're using, what are they, A, and B, what do they mean, and C, why? 
because I love them, but I just want to know what, what what are they? The projections. Yeah. I'm turning that into something else that hopefully will be a moving piece that will be projected on larger areas, which will hopefully have some sound. So I, I bought one of those OP1s. Have you seen Teenage Engineering's? Oh, they're these incredible... It's like a synth? Is that like yeah. a synth thing? Yeah, I've seen some of those small ones, yeah. I bought one of those a couple of years ago to write uh, cool. some mm. music stuff. So hopefully that I'll be able to write some music, film it and produce it on large scale. Right. And so for people who haven't actually seen it, it's phrases like... like I think your most latest one was, I'm sick of me too. And then... Hang on, let's, let's get Instagram up. I think it was... Um, yeah, I, it's okay. I'm tired of me too. And then... Um, now is passing by just like really i feel like they're is it stuff that you think of yourself like when you're on the commute home and you're like that really that makes me feel like i've been seen or that really reads to me yeah um you wouldn't want to read through my notes <laughs> on oh, my is it really phone dark or something? <laughs> oh there's just thousands of them um it's just things that i write that i've always had an affinity with words and yeah. um particular phrases that mean something to me a lot of them are about um, I guess trying to be present. It's mm. something that I've been trying to get in, not in my work practice, but just in my life recently, the last couple of years. And so a lot of those are about that. Mm. Um, it The projections originally started with actually projecting things on walls that I guess had, it changed their meaning when they were projected onto a, a different surface so that's sort of how that started and then it's sort of evolving into a poetry type thing mm. not quite sure where it's going apart from i know that i want to do a moving piece which i've written a poem for that's like super exciting right like i can see your eyes light up when you when you when you're talking about there isn't necessarily like a beginning a middle and an end here like it's, it is experimentation which you don't see as often as you might expect from the design industry a lot of people that i talk to very few people talk about experimentation yeah, I think it's important not to sometimes not to have a goal and just enjoy the journey. Yeah. And a lot of those things I I don't really have a goal for. I'm just enjoying making them. Um so yeah, we'll we'll just see where it goes. We'll be continuing to follow you on Instagram. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I love reassurance. That it's, uh, oh, we are. Um yeah, I mean it's it's also really nice that it's like starting to come into some of your work mm. as well. Like, you know, not not strategically planning cool, I'm going to do three hours of experimentation and then I'm going to go do my type work and then I'm going to answer some emails and then I'm going to do this. But it's something that over time you thought, you know what could actually work in this situation is some of this stuff that I've done before and here's how it looks good and here's how it might work. Yeah. It's really cool. really like it. Um, why don't we jump into your affinity for words and talk about word form? Mm-hmm. Oh, what a transition. Did you see that? Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm out. Tina, do you want to take it from here? <laughs> you can leave Melbourne. Like, that was perfect. <laughs> um, but word form, like it's 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 amazing. Um, when I saw word form, I thought, of course, how has someone not done this before? Um, and it reminded me a lot of ADR and why we did ADR, which was just, oh, why isn't anyone doing this already? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. I guess we'll do it. Um, and word form is the same sort of thing. It's just like a really, it's just a, of course, like a, of course, someone should be doing this. Of course, we should be just talking um like listening to people and what they have to say and think and write 
with no, oh, by the way, here's their top three projects mm. kind yep. of thing. Um, and it's, and you know, I applaud you for it. And I think it's great. Um, and I think something I've always wanted to ask you about is how you've gone about having such diverse people contribute. You've just had such a diverse group of people. Like, how have you gone about that and, and tackled that? And was it intentional? Um, initially, it started out as I just built a list of people that I knew I would be able to get to write. Um, right. Based on relationships. and yeah, yeah, because I felt I wouldn't be able to reach out to people to say, hey, can you write 500? Uh, by the way, I don't know you. Can you write 500 mm. to 600 words for this? And pour out your soul. Yeah. And be for, completely raw. Exactly. For this mm. website that doesn't exist yet. Um, mm. And even even three issues in, it was like there's there's a little bit of stuff there, but do people want to write it? And then they might look on the Instagram page and they go, there's not really anyone, there's not really an audience for this yet. So initially it was reaching out to people, obviously respected people and people that I wanted to hear from, but people that I knew would be willing to, to write. Mm. And um, from there, each usually each time I'll ask people, hey, can you recommend someone that you think would be would be good at writing? Because that's a right. writing is a, a key as well because not all designers can write. Um, yeah, I'll jump in there. It's a completely different set of skills. I mean, it shouldn't be, yeah. but it, it is for sure. I think r- writing, but the other one is also writing from the heart or writing mm. something quite raw and, mm. and honest. And there are some really good examples of there on that. And the more articles that go on there that, are quite true people read them and they go okay i get that i can write about mm. that sort of stuff but it's hard to get people to open up initially my feedback to most most of the writers was can you be a bit more honest can you can you push it in this way can you um, reveal a bit more and that slowly got a little bit easier in terms of diversity and one thing i've always tried to keep it, it keep some gender equality in there as well um there's definitely I think there's more females than males on there. And in terms of diversity, that was a couple of conversations that I've had with with uh, Nick Hallam, I think about a year ago, we were talking about... Um, Wouldn't be a podcast in Melbourne if we didn't mention Nick Hallam. Oh. No, I know. <laughs> oh God, it's ridiculous. Anyway, um, we started to talk, to talk about, hey, there's a whole section of the community that aren't represented in in many areas of design. So that's something that I've tried to address and am trying to address as as we go. And you get some really interesting stories from people that um, you don't usually hear from as well. Did you ever read a story that made you cry? Um, I think there's a couple that perhaps... I think the first issue... Um, actually, interestingly enough, when I, when I press go on this... I've, I, here, here we go. I've cried three times during Wordform, I think. All right. Once when I think James Brown's article came in, not even remotely sad. Um, it's quite quirky, but the fact that he had written an article, I think it was the first one to come in, I was just over the moon that someone wanted oh, to, to yeah. write. I remember walking down. So like James Brown. Like, yeah. It, he's an absolute champ. And I was like, I can't believe this is happening. It's a member of IGA now as well. Yep. Yeah. And he's pretty cool. Um, I remember walking down the street reading it. I had it on my phone. He had lots of links in it, so I couldn't see it all, but I read read the article. The second time was when I actually launched it. I pressed go and then like 
posted the articles and people are like liking it and they're like, oh my God, this is really good. I just, I reckon I sat there and cried for like 30 minutes oh and it was God. like a wow. joy type thing. Yeah. And I haven't had that in work before. It was just this overwhelming type of thing. And then probably Andy Murray's article is pretty special, I think. What did he write about? Oh God, now you're going to test me. I actually can't remember what the topic was, but he... Well, it would have been hard to read through your tears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, but it is. It is hard to. Re- yeah. it, it is. It's interesting that you can recall. I think it was the feeling. apathy. Apathy. Yeah. apathy. Yeah, apathy. It was apathy. Yeah. 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 He, he actually it, came up with that topic. Um, oh, so did I, you say you wanted him to write, and he set the topic? Yeah. Usually, I'll set a topic, but I was really keen on having Andy write about what Andy wanted to write about, and mm. so I said, "What do you want to write about?" And he's like, "What about apathy?" And I'm like, "Cool." And so he wrote about that, and then I got two other people to write about it as well. I remember reading his. It was so poetic. It, yeah. was, it was such like a. I almost felt like I was in his mind as I was going through it. Mm. It's 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 almost artistic. I love Andy. He's just he's just a pure artist in every form, even the way that he talks. This is a plug for Andy, by the way. Like this is why we're here. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So, like, where do the topics come from? Like, is Andy the architect of every? <laughs> um, topic or do you ask one person what they want to talk about and then the other two uh, approach how do you that's probably the out? only time where I think I've asked someone what they want to speak about mm. um, usually I've got I've got an Excel spreadsheet of topics that I'd like to address and usually try and pair people who I think will write well for mm. that particular topic um, but yeah I'm I think at the moment I I need a few more topics to to keep going, so I'll need to I'll need to get get the thinking cap on again. Okay. Do you want to talk about Game of Thrones? Flynn and I would be very very happy to. Yeah, we could yeah. do that. Okay, what we, would the what would cry. the word be? Um. Oh. Mu- oh mutiny. Dracaris. Dracaris. <laughs> the fire one, the one that she says to the dragons. Doesn't it have to be like a a verb or something? What is Dracaris? Isn't it a verb? Yeah, doesn't it mean yeah, but like fire? A fire yeah. Right? In Valyrian? Yeah, no, in High Valyrian. High Valyrian, sorry. Oh. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not the master. I, I, I enjoy being a You're only a the grasshopper, it's I know. okay. It's fine, I'm happy with it. Did we really like, like the last season though? Yeah, I did, I really liked it. Oh, okay. I, just I know thought that it you was didn't, too... you tweeted about not liking it. Did I? Yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's the first season where the books weren't involved. So of course Maybe that's the problem. Good. Yeah. That's true. It just felt too mm. much like a Hollywood thing. Oh, because each episode was so action-packed. Yeah. Yeah. And they, were, they, they stopped yeah. killing the good characters. You know how we hated them? Because they were killing off mm. the good characters. Well, there's not really very many of them left. <laughs> Tyrion's still around. Do you want Tyrion to die? No, but I feel like I'd like I'd respect the show more if they did something with him, you know? <laughs> I'd respect the show more if they broke my heart. Yes, <laughs> so that's dark. why I liked it at the start. Yeah. You're right. You're right. There was a lot of there was a lot of opportunity to to kill some people off, but yeah. Um, next season, I think that's what they're doing. They're saving it for the next one, and then they'll kill a whole bunch. It'll just be Tyrion at the end. I think so because it's the biggest yeah. it's the biggest gap. Tyrion just on a Game just, of Thrones, yeah. I guess. Um, on the throne. On the throne, yeah. literally. <laughs> so maybe we should move on to um, we can tick Plane of Thrones off. We just did that one there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we wanted to talk about uh, the World Cancer Day, and then you know from there an extension from that the World cancer congress project yep um, maybe you can unpack that for us because you you worked on one and the other but you worked on them both before but the one that i've seen on the website is world world cancer congress but where did this relationship come from with this client 
So they're called the Union for International Cancer Control and they were doing World Cancer Congress, which they do every couple of years. They're doing it in Melbourne. They wanted a Melbourne studio to work on the branding for it. So we, we branded the Congress, um, which went really well. And from there, we started working with them on everything, which uh, meant World Cancer Day, which is a an event they run every single year. And then subsequent uh, congresses since then. So one was in Paris and the next one that we've just branded, which is on the website, is um, Malaysia. Right. Um, which is quite exciting. But World Cancer Day each year, we yeah we, we work on the branding for that, which is a pretty intense project, but something that's really important to us. Obviously, as Australians, cancer is pretty common. Yeah. Um, everyone's mm. been affected by, by it in some way or form. So it's a project that we're quite uh, quite attached to and, and feel like it's a, a really positive thing to work on. And who works on it? Is it all three of you? During the concept stage, it it's all three of us. So mm. um, Chris is the main client contact there and he'll often end up flying. So they're based in Geneva. He'll often mm. end up flying to Geneva um, wow. to have workshops and stuff like that. And he had to go to Paris. Was that his idea that he has to fly over to Geneva? I mean, no. it could just be a Skype call. Like he doesn't need to fly. Well... No, it's it's often their idea, and it ends up being a really whirlwind trip. So, I I don't think it's ever been a holiday. Is that type one of those? Is it, this one of those things where it like sounds super romantic, but yeah. really it's just like a long ass flight. It's just a board you land, yeah. He and was, then yeah. you have a meeting, and they're like, "All right, cool. Thanks for coming. See you later." Yeah, the, you want to get a taxi? Ooh, half an hour ago if you want to catch your flight, yeah. and then you half an and then you come back. Yeah, yeah pretty yeah. much. You come pretty back much. dirty for some reason. Yeah, like <laughs> planes are dirty. I don't know why. <laughs> um, we were downstairs talking about this project and but you said something really beautiful and I want you to say exactly what you told me because it was I told you so, I can't do that. It was so poetic because he was explaining to me what the project was and how you guys came up with the different icons for each day and how the abstract gradients and the colors and everything worked together and I was just I was more blown away by him than I was of anything else we hadn't seen the project no i hadn't but it was just so right. beautiful but anyway okay i think i remember kind okay. of like um so my understanding of it and i can't remember where i saw this so i was quickly looking on your website a moment ago um was there seemed to be like it was a maybe a five day event four day yep. okay thank you um we're giving each other signals by the way um, for the for the viewing audience and the first day was you know there's kind of these abstract kind of spheres and circles and things like that and the first day kind of had the sun rising essentially yep. like the beginning of the conference the second day i think was a lotus um abstract was it a lotus hibiscus flower hibiscus yep. flower which okay. is a national their national flower national flower and so the sim so the symbol seemed to change over the day i don't know what the third one was so it was people uniting so there were it, it was a formation of five dots sort of right. coming together. Oh, because that, and that's the that's the yeah. hero image on the website. Yeah. Should have should have guessed that. And then the last one was kind of the sun setting. You had these kind of reds and really nice. And it yeah. was just really beautiful. Like the idea of being to at a conference mm. and experiencing that, like thinking about it in terms of of the narrative. days. It has yeah. such a narrative and so much color. And it's abstract, but when you, I would imagine when you see it in context, just like, oh man, I just get it. Like, not only do I get it, but I'm feeling it. Yeah. How, like, where does, where does that sort of thing come from? Like, 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 it's hard to write that down as a concept. Like, you know, like, answer, answer, riddle, <laughs> riddle me this. <laughs> now I've got, now I've got to go back to think about how yeah. we came up with it. Actually, we do these projects probably, this particular project we would have done maybe over a year and a half ago. 
ago, a right, year yeah, ago, and it and it hasn't event, yeah. it hasn't actually launched like the events in October. Right. So we do them that far in advance. So, um, wow, that's a long lead time. Yeah. For the project. Yeah. Um, these particular the World Cancer Congress and even World Cancer Day. Um, that's all done for. 2019 to 2021 it's done like assets sent um no we've got to roll out all the assets but the brand has been like ticked done ticked off i probably got ticked off a couple of months ago wow um so that's that's something that yeah we get a really long lead time for but there's a lot of rollout and and collateral producing but in terms of coming up with with that particular idea i can't quite remember but it would have stemmed from we were we're trying to capture Malaysia without being cliche mm. or anything like that. So we're looking into the national flower and the national flower is actually the logo. So we've got a little hibiscus flower, which is just five little dots. Mm. Um, and then the language probably stemmed from from that. And then we were, I think, I think we were speaking about a conference. It'd be great to have, you know, obviously a, a bit of a, a journey or an experience. Mm. Um, because everyone knows what it's like to, well, we know what it's like to go to a design conference for a few days and it's, and it is a, a journey in a way. It's like a pocket in time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And obviously keeping the, the bright colors of, um, of Malaysia as well. There's a lot mm. of beautiful bright colors there through their, through their clothing and festivals and, and whatnot, um, even the landscape. So um, we were trying to capture that. Did you get emotional at all when you were working on it? Because, like, obviously, I mean, the subject matter is so This is a really sad episode, isn't it? I'm just trying to make you cry. (laughs) 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 But, I mean, like, I'm just saying, like, the narrative has actually made me quite, like, it's made me feel something. And, I mean, the subject matter itself would mean so much to so many people. You had to work on it for so long. Were there moments when it was a little bit difficult to work on or were there moments when you just, you realised the impact that this would have on somebody else's life? Yeah, I think... Those moments would come when the event happens and um, particularly for the Melbourne one, we, we went along and would walk around and see the work and see, you know, this event, the world's brightest minds as doctors, as surgeons, they're all rocking up to this one place to cure cancer, which is pretty pretty special. And what we do as graphic designers is somewhat irrelevant mm. compared to what, what they do. When By they, comparison, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so they're literally saving the world. And um, yeah, so to just be involved with that is really special. I wouldn't say that um, I've got particularly emotional about this project, mm. um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's quite rewarding to do. Yeah, definitely. I think I was talking to a friend about it the other day about how um, being a graphic designer and then you compare yourself exactly to like a Doctors Without Borders type job. And it's like, what am I doing? I'm just pushing pixels. Yeah. It gets that way when you have like really stressful, really stressful day or you don't, you know, don't win your arguments to get the thing your way and like, oh, we're going to shitty project or something like that. And then, yeah, I had a roommate that was a nurse or something and, you know, she'd come home from, from work and, you know, had a very different experience that I won't get into. And I'm just like, can I get you a wine or something? Yeah. Like I think everything. I'm still complaining. I'm like I'm like dealing with degrees of good. You know what I mean? And they're dealing yeah. with like degrees the, of burn, degrees yeah. of bad. Like they're like the you know a good day is you know no one dies. There's no you know I wasn't covered in blood today. You know it wasn't with people with mental health issues that I couldn't help. It wasn't mm-hmm. you know overcrowded? All that sort of stuff. And I'm thinking. I do sit in a really nice chair on the internet all day. <laughs> I think and hang out that with people that I like. You know, like it, they're real issues, but 
as soon as you compare the the two or to many things, it's like it's pretty sweet. It's Just nice back to our <laughs> earlier point about stressing out at work and making sure you're, you know, balancing everything, etc. I think I don't try and take the whole thing too seriously, and that right. helps a little bit as well. I mean, it's easy to say don't take it seriously when you might, you know, have financial issues, etc. But I just hope that things work out and mm. and try not to put too much pressure on the situation because at the end of the day, I actually really hate that term at the end of the day, but right, it, you just stress yourself out. Um, yeah, I, to- I, yeah, I totally agree with that as well. Um, and then, you know, you sort of think about yourself, well, in 60 years, am I going to really worry about how much I'm stressed out about this as well? Like maybe, maybe everything's okay. Mm. Yeah. Um, do you have any pet hate little words like that? Um, you must do. I think I hate the word. No, I, I don't know. <laughs> what do I hate? I, I think there are moments when people will say something like it is what it is. And I'm like, what? Is oh, it? whatever happens, yeah. happens. Did you yeah. say Seinfeld? No, Which when he came to when he came to Melbourne. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah, did like yeah. this whole segment about like how these these actually don't mean anything. But when people just say, "Well, it is what it is," how good is that? Oh yeah, what was the whole segment? It was it is what it is. Whatever yeah. happens, happens. Yeah. Like just terms that actually don't mean a thing. The thing that I loved about Seinfeld as well was when he was talking about it. He's like, "How great and great can mean the exact opposite thing." Because, like, if you have something that you really love, you're like, oh, this is great. And then, like, you know, say you have ice cream and you're like, oh, I love this ice cream. It's great. And then it falls and you're like, well, that's great. Like, it just, it's like completely opposite. I think that's that would have related favorite. very well to the Australian yeah. audience as well, wouldn't it? It would have. It um, was great. We all loved it. Um, but I was going to ask, just I had like this thought before, and this is a thing for everybody. If you weren't doing design, and I can't take credit for this question because someone asked me this last night. If you weren't doing design, what would you be doing? Any form of design, like I, I always want to be an architect, or does that not? Anything, like, I mean, it, it could be an architect. It's not necessarily being a graphic designer, but just if you weren't in this profession you're in right well, now. Well, interestingly enough, um, I wouldn't want to do it, but you know those, uh, those tests that you do in like high school to figure out what careers oh, what, counselors yeah, yeah. come in. I yeah. got journalism, and at the time, I was like, "You're kidding me!" And ironically, I've really come round to words now at this yeah. point you really should have listened to that underpaid teacher who just went eh, <laughs> yeah i know journalism I know. Jack. well dan got tattoo artist so all oh. <laughs> oh, right he's closer is graphic designer even on that list no. of jobs that you could potentially get? no have you noticed that graphic designer isn't a like no, job on occupation a drop down thing. Totally. on anything no it's like, not you, what do you put down like i sometimes put on artist because i don't know what else there is yeah I'm surprised that artists get it, but not graphic design. There's always like other services or something. Oh, yeah, but other, in, I mean, in this other. high school thing, someone else got like Yabby Farmer. And I'm like, how specific wow. is that? Was the name Gabby? No, it was a guy. <laughs> oh. Gabby was the Yabby Farmer. Gabby? Yeah, Gabby. Well, just, you know, guy was having a good day. It's like maybe we are just rhyme <laughs> Maybe this will make a lol. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so that would be yours. What would be yours, Flynn? Um, well, I don't call myself a designer. I don't call myself a designer anymore. Well, in the profession you're in right now. Oh, right. Like anything. completely switching careers. I don't know. It'd probably have to do with something about traveling and just not being anywhere near a computer whatsoever. I thought it'd be something to do with gaming. Like, ever. 
Oh, can I just be gaming? Oh, I'd be a yeah. professional gamer. Oh my god! <laughs> oh wait, so you get to choose? I wouldn't choose journalism; they're the worst. I'd well, I'd I mean. choose. I'd be a musician. That'd You'd be, be fun. You'd be a musician. Yeah. Okay. That would be good. That yeah. Um, can I change mine? I definitely want to be gaming. Yeah, I think you should be 100%, a gamer. Yeah. I think you're cheating on gaming by definitely. not saying you're a gamer. I get so fat. <laughs> <laughs> get one of those hats so you can has like the water in one of those buckets. Oh next yeah, to it. like a Homer Simpson. Yeah, like a Homer Simpson kind of yeah. hat. Yeah. What would you do? Yeah. Um, I was thinking about this last night. I want to. You'd be a talk show host. Well, that's very flattering. Yeah. But I think I'd want to um, get into space and NASA or something like that. Oh, wow. I think I'd find that incredibly interesting because I was watching Passengers for the second time the other night, not because I like the movie, because I like the idea of it, mm-hmm. that you can be in the spaceship from where you are right now and have to sleep for 150 years and you get to another planet right. and you have to help build that planet and then like being in space. I don't know. There's something about that's really thrilling. Your fantasy is sleeping for 150 years. <laughs> you <Yeah>. cracked it. <laughs> you totally read between the lines. <laughs> um, we've probably got time to cover maybe one or two more more things. Um, but just moving on to, uh, I saw you at Semi Permanence last time I saw you. We've never yep. really seen each other before, um, which is half true. Um, I did meet you a very long time ago, but you don't remember that. So early, early Billy Blue days. Early it? Billy Blue days. Yeah. Um, but I don't um, remember a lot of things. Yeah. Let alone nine years ago, eight years ago. Well, the main reason I remember you, and the main reason I remember I ran into you and and you guys as well, is because Matt Leach, who does the podcast with me now, yeah, um, was like, oh, you got to meet these guys. They're really cool. And Matt was coming to Melbourna all the time because Billy Blue was la- was launching or doing I don't yeah. know, something in Melbourne. Um, and Matt was here all the time and I was never in Melbourne and I was like, oh, I'm in Melbourne. I'm so excited. And I was like, these are the guys. I'm like, Hey guys. And then we had a beer and then. Was it uh, at the launch event? Yeah. Yeah. So we'd done the campaign for them. That's right. Yeah. Cause you yeah. did, you did the campaign, um, yeah. which, which was really cool. And that has nothing to do with the question that I'm going to ask you. Um, but, uh, no, it does. It does because <laughs> we're talking about semi-permanent, um, and last year, semi-permanent, um, in Twitter, the last message that we'd sent was, hey, while you're in town. 2016. 2016. Hey, Jack, while you're in town, let's see if we can do an ADR. Yep. And then this year, 2017, hey, Jack. Yeah. So you're coming to semi-permanent. How do you feel like doing an episode of ADR? Yeah. You're like, yeah, let's do it. I'm like, couldn't do it again. Yeah. <laughs> so here we are. Um, but uh, some of your talk, I wanted to talk about what you were there to How funny about. is it? Wait, we've, we've tried to plan it twice. And then the one time you're like... What about today? I'm like, yep. <laughs> I mean, randomly in Melbourne, what about today? Yeah. And you're like, and it works. Hi, yeah. And not only that, but Tina was available as well. So we've got like three musketeers. So what does that say about planning? Don't ever. Don't, do yeah. don't plan. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but we're talking before like about what you what you guys spoke about at Semi Permanent. And tell me if this is related. Um, the idea of this creative thinking um, and the model might be a little bit broken. And, yep. and, and we were speaking before, all three of us, that... This is one of those unanswerable questions, but maybe we could just explore the idea of the idea of creative thinking being broken. First of all, what is creative thinking? Yeah, I'm not going to answer that one. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that, that's uh, that's uh, shooting yourself in the foot trying to answer that. Um, I think yeah, I've been talking about a little bit, uh, talking about this a little bit lately, um, or probably for the last couple of years. Probably because my creative thinking methods have changed a little bit. Right. Um, I think it actually, the whole thing happened because I had a knee reco, which is a really weird way for things to work out in a nice sense. But I figured out that I was rushing around so much previously to that, just trying to get ideas done, trying to get to work on time, trying to... Just, just basically rushing everything in my life. I was mm. constantly moving so quickly. And when I had this knee reco, I had to slow down 
I couldn't do everything at the pace that I wanted to do it at. I'd have to slowly, you know, get to the station on crutches. Um, and I figured out that everything still went on right. fine. Nothing blew up and everything was was absolutely fine. And through that time, I managed to learn how to just slow my thinking down a little bit as well. So there's this thing that I'm interested in called transient hyperfrontality, which is... Um, Flynn's eyebrows have just gone up. <laughs> yeah. No, it sounds to make really room for the big word. I mean, it was. It, yeah. It sounds really complex, and I didn't coin the term obviously because I'm not that smart. But um, it's basically the slowing of the front part of the brain, and usually when you're at work and cognitive thought is happening, so you're responding to emails, you're um, you've got someone next to you barking orders, or you're um, you know you've got a tight timeline to work with the brain uses this they call it like a super highway of thoughts so it moves all, all of your thoughts happen through this one core area and when that shuts down the brain finds new ways like they call them like metaphoric dirt road i guess it'd be a metaphor for dirt roads right so the brain makes new connections between different parts of the brain they call it the meandering brain and that's when interesting ideas happen so when you're in the shower, when you're walking the dog, when you're doing yoga, when you're just about to go to sleep, all of these moments are usually, for me, when I come up with ideas. Yeah. It's never when I'm sitting at my desk trying to come up with ideas. No, it's 3 a.m. when right. you've just woken up and, yeah. or in the shower and you don't have a pen to write something down. The challenge is how to harness that in the studio space because right. we're there eight hours, nine hours, for some people 13 hours a day, whatever it is to come up with ideas but is the environment conducive to coming up with ideas actually in, interestingly dan and i did a project at uni where we we proposed this digital space i suppose so this mind you this was 2008 2007 maybe um you'd sit in a room or to be your office and you could program in a market in paris and this is all this technology doesn't exist but we were making it up because we could because we're at uni and you could have images around these digital walls of pretending to be in paris smells would come out it'd smell like paris sounds would um would come out as well and it would just transport you to a different place you could do tokyo etc obviously the tech hasn't got to a point where it's good i mean vr might be able to do stuff like that mm -hmm. now um but the idea of putting yourself somewhere else to think in a different space and that's really important also when you're designing for different markets and different cultures as well rather than just sitting there looking at pinterest or one of those design blogs um but where was i i was at transient hyperfrontality see i've done a really transient big, something 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 big loop yeah. um yeah. so yeah we find that most of those ideas happen when you shut down that component of your brain and you're not thinking about the design so i like to let the idea go or let the whole project go and if it's any good, it will come back to you. So initially think about some ideas and then just completely put it out of your conscience. conscience. And so, and, and by putting it out, does that mean like jumping onto another project? Does that yeah, mean... Absolutely. Of, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so, often yeah. we'll, we'll have a brainstorming session, which brainstorming again is not really proven as actually as successful as what people think, but we might talk in the studio, throw a few ideas down, around and then it might disappear for a week or two and you mm. just let it snowball in your head or turn into something a bit different and it might take these different 
paths and the subconscious takes over in a way and almost comes up with the idea without you trying to come up with the idea. Right. So it's, I guess, trusting the brain and turning it off, which is scary as well mm. because it takes a while to get to the point where you go, I know that I'll come up with an idea, but now's not the time. Does right. that mean that you give out timelines like Sagmeister and Walsh and say you're going to be three months working until a concept stage? Like how quickly, like how much time do you give yourself? It really depends on the project, the client, and um, and how we think we'll tackle a particular project. So obviously some timelines need to be a lot quicker. So that stage, there's got to be a point where you have to come back to the studio and go, okay, we need to get this stuff down now. Mm. Um and but, when, th- when that happens, do you then go onto print chest or do you still try and like spend that time when you're not looking at any inspiration? Yeah, I think Pinterest is important, not important, but that stage is important when you're looking at techniques and um, I guess outcomes or how you might produce something, ideas on paper mm. and yeah, like and print and all tricks that sort of stuff. that you can do and execution. and Yeah, you but know. you can literally go there and find an answer if you want it before you've even asked any questions. And that's mm. what happens a lot of the time. Yeah. People will go, I've got a brand for... Um, a cafe. Yeah. A, mm. Yeah. Great example. A cafe or a property job. And they'll go on Pinterest and you look at other cafes and you go, that's what a cafe is meant to look like. I walked um, I walked from Victoria Street, I think, down, down here. It's like a 45-minute walk. Um, and I walked past a place and I was like, I know that logo. Where do I know that logo from? And it's the Schnitz logo. Do you know Schnitz yeah. Yeah. in here, right? It's like, yeah. it's, there, it's in Sydney too. It may have been what I had for lunch. But I almost took a photo of it and I didn't. I wish I did because I would have shown you. But it was basically exactly the Schnitz logo. But instead of Schnitz, in almost the exact same font, it was like dry cleaning. What? Yeah. And then it was like a thing that was crossed over. And the, I think the Schnitz logo has something crossed over down the bottom. It's like in the exact yeah. same spot, the exact same size, but clearly just done over the top. And just this idea of someone seeing that and going, oh, cool, that applies. I know you're talking about yeah, it on yeah, a yeah. very yeah. industry and um, homogeneity of design level, but even on that level, I just had to relate it back to my little walk through Melbourne today. Well, that is so interesting. Maybe you feel it. Maybe it's a sub business, and when you're doing your dry cleaning, you get really hungry. And oh wow! It's actually like a subsidiary of Schnitz, and they're, they're capturing the dry cleaning from market. Melbourne, we don't. We don't necessarily. We put do our dry cleaning and our fruit hand in hand. <laughs> yeah. Food with anything hand in hand. But. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's really interesting to think about because it's like we were talking about whether or not originality is still relevant if they're in completely different, um, I guess, industries and it's kind of been used differently. For example, like the Airbnb logo back in what it was like 19 whatever, 75, it was used for a completely different company to what it is for an Airbnb logo now. You're talking about the symbol of the A. It's almost an infinity symbol, but it's an A, right? So it continues to go around. Totally. But the the excuse was because it's for a different industry, it's not copying. Right. So would that be the same thing? Because it's for dry cleaning and not food, it's not copying? Well, I guess it's a gray area, right? I mean, Jack, you jump in here whenever you want. But like for me, you see that if you go on to um, brand new, or anything mm. we all are aware of brand new and the comment section in there like anything you post there without a doubt it's almost like um first this is thing on um on comment sections like reddit and um youtube and stuff where you just type first and if you were first you were the first comment that oh was my like god a it's like a it's like a trophy it's like yeah it's like <laughs> yeah. but it's like it's like a race to the bottom to be at the top anyway but without a doubt the top you know the top comment for quite a long time was oh well you know it's like let's say it's an optus rebrand or something like that mm. it's like yellow yeah. It's like, 
this logo for a bank in in um you know this zoo in Denmark in the eighties also used a circle in yellow. And I'm like looking at it and I'm like, eight people upvoted this guy. Oh my god! I'm like, what planet? You know, obviously that's an extreme case, yeah. but it is like that. Like it's like someone's got a photo of something from a magazine, and it's like, this is like a symbol for Bitcoin. You yeah. know what I mean? Like like that's an industry that could could not be comprehended. Like by the designer that designed this, you know, totally. it's just, it's so separate. It's so stretched as well. I mean, I was on Brand New for the first time like two years ago and I read a comment that was about a illustration of a dog and it was Vector and it just had some type underneath and somebody called it really Caucasian. And I'm like, but it's a vector illustration and it's just type. How is that so Caucasian? I don't right. get it. Yeah. And it was such a stretch and I felt like I had to start criticizing things as being like, that's really Middle Eastern. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. what does that even mean? What is that? What is that, that means nothing. That's so Southeast Asia think- in the 80s. <laughs> it's like, what? What? But it sounds yeah. sort of intelligent. Like, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah. And you also can't mess with it because no. there's, you know. it's, yeah, there's that fine line. Yeah. People get a bit funny about copyright, I think. And mm. particularly in the design industry, sometimes there's a bit of you copied so and so, this looks like this. And we don't subscribe to that. Uh, there's so much stuff out there that something will eventually have elements that will look like something else. It's so hard these days, particularly with the amount of design out there. There's just such a huge amount mm. that it's very, very hard to be entirely original in application. Yeah. I think idea can be certainly original, oh, yeah. um, but application and treatment and um, shapes you can't copyright shapes um, yeah. but it, it does it does ruffle some feathers sometimes and we've seen stuff that you know we go oh that looks similar to ours but oh well right you know what can you do it's not like taking food out of your mouth or anything right like no no yeah. and I think that designers are they're all they all look at the same things Chances are we're all thinking it's very like, similar a things a lot of the time. A subconscious we're a culture of yeah. people that mm. think in similar ways. Mm. So I think there's always going to be some crossover and I think that sometimes that's nice and fine. As long as it's not ruining someone else's company and, you know, they're as in and two clients. And, yeah, it's um, not like a clear rip-off and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. the obvious mm. stuff, yeah. I like I like the idea of nice and fine. We're, yeah. we're going to end it around nice and fine. Are you going to say something? I was just going to say that that dry cleaners better watch themselves because I'm going to go take a photo of this. I'm going yeah. to I'm going to prove it to you guys. Yeah, Swear to God, just like um, we'll end it on nice and fine. Okay, cool. That's yeah. that's this good because nice we had some fine. sad notes in here, so it's nice. Yeah. We did. We brought it back it up. On. We brought it back up, but I think we covered some really interesting areas, and um, it was it was really wonderful. Um, to have you both here and I love serendipity and all this stuff happening. Yeah, thanks um, so much for having me. It's a pleasure, finally. Um, yeah. Yeah, three, That's good. almost three years in the making. Well, as you know, we always ask people, where can people find out more about you at the end of the episode? Yeah, right. Um, Instagram, which would be uh, at Motherbird Studio or at Jack Musset. Uh, Twitter, which is at Motherbird and then at Jack Musset. And uh, WordForm word as well. Yeah. Uh, it's word-form.com. Cool. We'll obviously put them in the show notes, but anyone that's just listening on audio, check it out. Mm-hmm. Tina, where do you want to point people? I am uh, at Tina Victoria on everything. Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook. You got Tina Victoria? 
Just straight up Tina Victoria. Just straight up Tina Victoria. It was this year that I introduced Afshar as my right. last name, which is my last name. Right. And Victoria is my middle name. Right. And I think I had a conversation with my mum where she was like, you got to be proud of your last name. Right. So yeah, I like that. I like that you've done that. I was yeah. going to mention that. It's it, good. It feels right. So mm. it's in there now. I've been thinking about going back to Jackson. I'm actually Jackson. Yeah. Right. I quite like reckon Jackson. Should I put a poll out? A poll on what know. you should be called? Yeah. <laughs> How many people do you reckon will vote for Jackson? Probably not many. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like I'm in trouble, you know, when you're a kid and yeah, yeah. they call you by your full name. The full name. Jackson yeah. yeah. But it's a bit cooler than Jack. Jack's just a bit standard. It's Jack's bit, like a bit basic. Jack. Yeah. I like Jackson. Yeah. I, like Jackson. Yeah. I like it too. I like, I like Jack too. Though. It's hard to change now though. Although no one's got my name, so I could get the Twitter handles. That wouldn't be a problem. Maybe just get them up just, just in case. Yeah. Get the domain as well. Yeah. Well, Nick just Hallam bought jackmusset.com years ago. Why? <laughs> right? Well, because he liked, he, it was a period of time where he was buying people's names. domain names. Oh. And he bought mine for like, I don't know, 20 bucks. And then three years later, we were, or four years later, we were sitting at a pub and he realized it expired. Went to buy it again. And it was suddenly worth like four or seven grand or something. What? Did yours? Stock go up or something? No, I, I wow. yeah, I like to think that, but I think it's just because someone owned it. They're like, oh, they're going to want to buy that back, right? So, so they probably, squatted on it. And right. they got some I just keep telling him that you know my my stock's gone up. Yeah, yeah, probably unlikely. And he's trying to just like burst your ego a little bit. By yeah, so that. now it's slowly going down. It's mm-hmm. worth like a thousand bucks now, or like seven hundred bucks. Text I'm, messages to remind you, be like, by the way, today I've been it's watching it. And <laughs> it's got to get to an affordable level. Someone's <laughs> going to go buy it now, aren't they, and sell it back to me? Definitely. Yeah. Oh. Maybe right. ten grand by the time this episode comes out. That's right. I don't want it. Um, you can find this episode or more at AUS Design Radio, and you can follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud at AUS Design Radio. Thanks to you both. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. This has been fine and nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>